Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Board Games podcast. I'm McKay Anderson, and I'm here with Evan. Hello. And it's it's been a little while. I, I don't know exactly when the last time we recorded was. Um, I don't know. But... It's been a blur, basically. Yeah, it's it's been too long. Let's just say that. Ultimately, I think this has been a pretty crazy year, at least for me. Um, and even in this last couple months, just a lot of a lot of stuff going on. So it's been hard to record as consistently, but we want to talk about this year in general. What what was the highlights? What were some of the challenges? Um, and there's just the ways that we grew and changed over the year as board gamers, as well as what goals we have in the upcoming year. Because the new year is coming quickly. Yeah, it's going to be pretty free format. This one has a lot less of an agenda or outline um, than we normally do. So bear with us there as we we have a lot of catching up to do. And that's I guess that's the charm of our podcast, right? Is this is exactly. half just us <laughs> becoming friends and like exploring our friendship as well as uh, connecting through board games. So uh, yeah, with that, we can probably jump in. Has it been a crazy year for you too? It's been a busy year. Um, not like I look back and I'm like, there haven't been like crazy life changes. We haven't moved, things like that. But I just feel like, um, I guess from like a personal side, I feel like I've changed a lot, yeah. um, which has led to a decent amount of, I don't know if you'd say inner turmoil, but just like, I don't know, a lot of soul searching, a lot of trying yeah. to figure out a little bit more about who I am and how I find enjoyment, things that stress me out, things like that. So I feel like it's been I look back at the be- look back to the beginning of this year and mm-hmm. I do feel like it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I, I it's been crazy for me, too, or um, pretty busy, but mostly it's just been a lot of life changes that I wasn't necessarily expecting going into the year and I'm coming out of it settling in finally to to like a lot of the new changes at the end of this year and i'm looking forward to this next year just because it's kind of like a new almost like springboard where where things have culminated um over the course of this year and now i feel like there's a lot more settled which is really good um but yeah so i'm, I'm looking forward to this year coming to a close and beginning 2023 although it still doesn't feel like that the year is ending. It just feels like it came by so fast. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with the, the weird cadence of this year. I think the year started out just kind of like a kind of a slow grind for me. Mm-hmm. And then it just, I don't know, it just had like a general acceleration throughout the entire year to where the summer I was like, Oh, wow, like our summer went by really fast. And then fall winter, like holidays, it's all just felt like a huge blur to me um part of that i'm blaming some conventions there are a lot of conventions that happen in the fall um and Uh my conventions this year have been probably a little bit out of control both like being uh being like a vendor or having a booth at conventions and just attending for personal reasons but Mm -hmm. i think i went to five different conventions this year that's Um, insane yeah it's a lot that's five more than me (laughs) <laughs> I did travel for board games, but it wasn't for conventions. Um, so I probably traveled. I went to Indianapolis in February. I went to North Carolina in uh, September. 
I think there was probably a couple others, at least like probably like Dallas once or I don't know. Um, yeah. So we both are traveling for board games, but mine is for um, tournaments, like competitive games, and yours is for just um, enjoying your life. <laughs> hobby. I'm I'm here to grind. I'm here to win. Uh, it's actually I'm, been, I'm here to make friends. Yeah, exactly. I've actually traveled with friends every time, and it's been it's been very fun. That's good. That's awesome. And this is all flesh and blood related. Oh, for sure. Okay, cool. So that's still going strong. That was my next update that I was interested in. Oh, yeah. So that is one thing. So if we're talking about a recap of the year, this year, um, I was really into Flesh and Blood last year. I got into the game in like April of last year, and so I played it a lot. But it was this year that I started to actually get good um, to the point where I could like see results. And so I started, and then that's also when I started traveling as well and so i went to indianapolis for a big tournament in the early beginning of the year and then i played the game throughout the year like normal but got to go to nationals this this year and so going to nationals for flesh and blood for me was i think really exciting in in a lot of ways also it was just a really fun really good trip so i think i talked about this in our last episode if we're uploading the last episode i honestly don't even know I forget what it's about, but I think we will. <laughs> From a production standpoint, I think about it in the last episode because that, that was kind of right after nationals. But oh, yeah, it was it in like the context of like this year. Um, it's kind of the I don't know, like the beginning of my competitive games, like my flesh and blood journey in a way. Because before I was playing it, I was having a ton of fun and wanting to get good. But this year, I was actually like starting to get good and i'm still not i'm still not good but um so yeah it's going strong i um i'm still having a ton of fun with the game this this winter has been a bit of a pause just in general for the game there's not a lot going on in terms of like events and whatnot but starting in january um the competitive season kicks back in and i'm super excited about it yeah so let's uh let's in the context of starting a new year what does your next year look like for Flesh and Blood? Do you have tournaments mapped out? Are you planning on getting deeper into it? Do you think it's a similar cadence to what you did last year? So I always have like a really interesting relationship with with playing Flesh and Blood because part of me wants to just dedicate a ton to it. But then there's a lot in me that knows that that's not really viable in terms of like, I don't know, it's, 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 it's a complicated thing. I think when you're asking a question of like, how much do I want to dedicate to this thing that you love? You know, sometimes it's like, it's a no brainer. And sometimes it's just like really complex. Um, And so, yes, I do want to get deeper into the game. Um, I would love to be able to go to nationals this year again and do better because, because my last nationals like experience ended up being like middling, but I, still got to go to nationals. So that was still exciting. Um, but I would love to be able to go this next year and do better. Um, just in general, I think I'm, I'm, I have gotten to the point where I'm good enough to do well at, at, at normal to big events. Yeah. I think, you know, like it's possible for me to, to just like really perform and get like top 64 or something like that or top eight depending on the event and so i'm good enough to do it i just need to practice more and learn more about the game and just go to enough events that 
the chances go up and whatnot. So cool. basically, like, I really want to, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I can dedicate as much as I would want to, to get to the point where I'd want to be, because it takes a lot of practice, a lot of time thinking about the game, spending it with people playing the game. And that, and that sounds really fun to me, but there's just a lot of other things in my life that more or less are fighting for my attention. And really like I was say, attention is a valuable thing, you know? Yeah. It's a similar pro it's a similar problem that I think all of us experience on some level with board games. Obviously it's okay. taken to a different place with um, actual competitions on a national level and stuff. But I mean, board games at the end of the day are not the most important thing, right? We've talked a lot on here about relationships and mm-hmm. um, board games being a tool for connecting with people. And it's, I'm, I'm in a similar place, but more from a business standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if our listeners are aware that I started a company this, uh, I guess it was a year before last that we technically started it, but it was in the fall. So this last year has really been our yeah for sure development season. Um. And I'm kind of at a spot where I'm trying to decide like, okay, how much do I dive into this for a new year? Um, I actually started a new job a couple months ago um, with Ravensburger doing, um, I'm an art director for the Disney Lorcana TCG. Really? Yeah. That's Um, super cool. So I can't talk about <laughs> it's under strict wraps. Yeah, oh, I haven't even updated my LinkedIn profile because I don't want people. Um, I know there are some passionate fans out there that are looking for any information. I just don't want to be solicited like that. And so I'm putting it out here because I think the people that listen to our podcast are a select few that aren't going to solicit me for <laughs> that information. But um, what all, all of that considered i'm like it's taking up a lot of time and it's very fun and i'm very passionate about it and so i don't know i feel like i'm in a similar spot where it's like okay i i need to i need to establish going into a new year what this looks like and what i'm willing to pour into it that that almost literally happened to me as well um it was a couple years ago but it was when i started working at the job i'm at now which is team covenant Mm -hmm. um to board game online and retailer in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of content and they have a lot of, uh, they do a lot of stuff for the, for the tabletop world in the community. Um, but I've had a great experience working there and it's been super good, but I basically found myself going, I don't need to grind my, like the being friends, YouTube content. Yeah. Because I have a job I actually like. Because before, when I started being friends, I wasn't necessarily happy in my like career. But now I'm like feeling a lot more just satisfaction at work. That yeah. um, it just made me reevaluate like how much do I want to put into you know my side hustle per se. That's a really cool way to look at it. And I just got like crazy online therapy vibes. <laughs> happening right now um but yeah just and that's that's true like i'm now like super fulfilled in my job and where the other the other side hustles and those things were an escape now it's like hmm i don't necessarily feel the need for that as much um and i still have that desire to do those things but at the same time it's like there's less of a point to it there's yeah it serves less of a function in my life 
and it's sad, but it's, I don't know. I get really just, just warning you. I get really moody around this time of year. Um, just considering, like just remembering I get really nostalgic. Yeah. What was that? Reflection. Yeah. It just puts me in a slightly odd place. Um, and it's kind of like, it's, it's that moment when you like have something that you're like, wow, I have a lot of memories attached to this. It's, it's selling a board game that you really loved, but you don't play anymore. That's, that's what it feels like going into new year for me. Speaking of this year, in terms of recapping the year, this was the first time I actually sold board games. Really? First time. Because I, I think I've tried it a couple of times, but like, this was really the first time that I'm like, okay, I need to get rid of games. Yeah. And it was because this last year I moved and it was in, mm-hmm. it was recently, we moved this month, um, but we were preparing to move the last couple months or three months or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was looking into my, at my stuff and thinking, I have too much stuff because we were moving from a big house to a smaller house. And yeah. so it became just very relevant, like how much space I was taking up and how much space my games were taking up. And so I had to look at my games and go, which ones do I want to get rid of? And I've avoided that for a long time because, because I had the space and because I was like growing my collection and I was like, ah, but I want to play all these eventually. But mm-hmm. Ultimately, it was like, I have to do this. And so I looked at my collection and decided that I wanted to get rid of, let's look at what games I ended up selling. Because, I don't know, it's interesting. Because some of them are are really good games. And some of them are, you know, fine games. Notable games I sold were Lords of Waterdeep, um, Western Legends, Dead of Winter, um, King Domino, Puerto Rico, Evolution, Call to Adventure, Arion, and Sushi Go Party, and El Dorado. Oh, I know almost all of those games, actually. And well, Thunderstone Quest and Fog of Love. Those two I'm not as upset about selling. Those two I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad to sell Good job those on two. Fog of Love. We've talked uh, about Fog of Love. <laughs> we have here. talked about it. Um, but some of those games are great. Yeah, like Dead of Winter is a fantastic game. Lords of Waterdeep is. Is, is a fantastic like intro to worker placement um puerto rico is obviously really well known and as like a great euro game the theme is iffy which is one of the reasons why i was more happy to sell it um evolution i think is a brilliant game but but there's all sorts of reasons why i decided to sell certain ones of these like for instance evolution i if i'm gonna play a game like evolution i think i'd rather play oceans which i don't actually own oceans but i figured i eventually want to so i could get rid of evolution for now get oceans and i think i'd be actually just happier at that point so so evolution is like even though i love that game i'm just gonna sell it i guess western legends just like didn't really do enough for me and i felt like i'd have to do work to change the game to make it better or buy more expansions to make it work but ultimately even though it offered a really unique thematic experience where we all felt like we were you know cowboys in the wild west which was cool there was just enough that i was like this isn't this isn't quite it. And it was actually sad because Western Legends was a was a game we did a collaboration or we made a video collaborating with One Pip Wonder on YouTube, which was our first collaboration, where she recommended a game to us and we recommended a game to them. And we played each other's recommendation and talked about what we what we thought about it. And Western Legends was that game. So in some ways I didn't want to get rid of it, but 
again, like, I literally just had to get rid of games. And there's just so many games that I have in my collection that I'm, that there's, when I look at them, there's a little bit more of a spark of, like, excitement. I almost said spark of joy, like the classic. Um, It's uh, Marie Kondo talks about, does it spark joy? Does it spark joy? And there's a lot of games that sparked more joy just looking at them, even if I don't play them as often or whatnot. It's fair. And I, I've i always sold games, but I've usually kept it pretty much to I don't like the game. Um, I do feel mm. like that changed for me this year as well, mm. where I just looked at my collection and I was like, there are some good games that they're just hard to table. And for whatever reason, it's not right for me right now in my life. And what helped me was making this mental shift to um, I could get this game back. It's not like yeah. it's really disappearing or going anywhere. And it's if if at some point I think of this game again, I'm like, that would be perfect. I'm like, I'm now I think, OK, with like spending 20 to 30 dollars to get it back in the future. Um, but right now it's just it's just taking up space. So there's still a lot more culling that I need to do of my collection. Probably. So I do. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I do feel like I turned a little bit of a corner this year in how I look at my collection and being a little bit more willing to just let go, thank the game for what it's done in my life and let it do something for somebody else. There we go. Um, so we talked, talking about like personal growth. Um, we talked a little bit about the conventions that I've been to. I wanted to do a quick recap of what I've learned about conventions. Um, I know a lot of people that got into board games because of the pandemic, because they were shut in and we needed entertainment, right? Right. Um, And because of that, they really didn't, uh, before the convention, they didn't really do, i sorry, before the pandemic, they didn't really do conventions. And uh, at all of my various convention shenanigans, I met a lot of people that were like that, that said, oh, this is my first convention. And... Um, as somebody who went to conventions last year, but not near as many, and then really amped up my convention going experience this year, I've had really good experiences and I've had really bad experiences. And at first I was blaming the convention and just the vibe of it. And then I, I sat back one day and I was like, let's, let's reevaluate why I didn't have a good time. And I think I came down to that. It's how what I expect to get out of a convention and whether those goals or those uh, aspirations are, are worthy of that effort. And Mm -hmm. I can explain a little bit more. Um, Gen Con was like the true waking up experience. I went there with a lot of goals to further, further my agenda from a social media and a business Mm -hmm. standpoint. I had, I was planning on meeting with people and uh, doing, doing a lot more like businessy things. Um, and it was, it was kind of miserable. It was really long and, um, I didn't really have people around me to like even sit down and play a game. So I went that almost that entire weekend and didn't play a game, which is really weird Mm -hmm. to be at a game convention and really not play games. Um, it also didn't help that my family lives in Indiana and I was really trying to split my time. I don't see them a lot. And so Um, It's my brother that lives there. And so there was a lot of this, like I would go like during the day until around like four or five and then head back. And 
it was just it was a really weird like trying to divide myself into these two these two things that I wanted I guess three if you count the board games the business and the family um and it was just miserable I didn't like it and so I really changed that with uh, PAX Unplugged. And I I honestly, I set up a few appointments with publishers, but I kept them to publishers that I was actually interested in and that I mm. really wanted to know what they had coming up. Yeah. And then apart from that, I scheduled out my time. I was playing games almost solid with different people I had met online, some friends that had come with me, and it was just a ton of gameplay. And it was delightful. It was so good. That's awesome. That yeah. Sense. So I think like at the end of the day, for me, conventions need to be connecting with individuals yeah. that I hope to see again, like at other conventions or yeah. talk to online. That's cool. Um, if I don't get that, I don't know. It all just feels so tedious and impersonal, I think. That totally makes sense. I mean, especially once you're like doing it for like just business meetings. It's like that's that's not a fun trip anymore. It's a business trip, which is, you know, it can be okay, but it's certainly not, especially if that's what you're expect if, if you're expecting like a board game convention, you know, but, um, so it's okay to, to make it a business trip, but, um, it's different and it's worth just being aware of what your, what your perspective is, what you're going into it, considering yeah. and expecting. So I think that perspective shift, especially if you find yourself just like, I don't need to make this a business trip because it's really not, you know, valuable enough. It's interesting. Yeah, I see and- a lot of people who who were, are in the board game world working, like, like, like for instance, Jeremy Howard with Man vs. Meeple. He works in the tabletop industry and in a few different. I think he's he does a lot of stuff. I honestly don't even know all of it, but um, I met him at Gen Con when me and my brother went last year, and yeah. based based on what I see, and I'm not completely sure. It sounds like conventions for him are a business trip but at the same time he is always connecting with people like just left and right like just bringing people together and connecting with them and just a super positive influence on the, in the in the space but i think that there's he's still getting value out of it as a business trip and doing you know what he needs to do connecting with the people he needs to connect with but but like i don't know if it and this would be something that i'm assuming um i'm definitely assuming right I'm just, yeah, but, but based on what I see, I'm hoping and, and thinking that maybe like it doesn't distract him from the, the connecting of people and the making a, like a joyous time out of the, out of the convention. So I don't know. I think there might be opportunity there, but at the same time, you know, do what you want. Yeah. And I think it is partially an expectations and partially like a segmenting. Um, while I was at PAX Unplugged, there were some like business meetings that I had set up and I kept them limited to that. When I walked the floor, it was for enjoyment. When I sat down and played a game with another influencer, yeah. that was just to connect. There was no ulterior motive. I forgot to take yeah. pictures half the time. And <laughs> it was just I was there to be there. Um, at times and then I was there to meet with people at times and I think I I think I just had better expectations of what I was there for and for sure um, yeah that's I guess that's just a good lesson for life like (laughs) adjusting your expectations and making sure that you're at places or doing things for the right reasons and with the right people um, saves you a lot of headache I think yeah for sure 
Um, okay. Um, let's, I think we can probably do like a little bit of like statistics, um, from our year that can be either like hard stats. If you have them, um, a couple games that just stand out to you from this last year that are like, I'm glad I played that so much, or I'm glad I was introduced to it. Um, then we can probably wrap up with, um, if we have any like new year goals, resolutions and our thoughts around that. Cause I have some questions in my mind that I'd love to discuss with you. Mm -hmm. So what stands out from this last year? And if you have any numbers for our, uh, numbers nerds, uh, love to hear those. <laughs> so I'm actually one of the numbers nerds. Stats are always the most exciting thing for me. For some reason, anytime a video game has stats, I wanted to have as many as possible. And whenever it's lacking, I'm always disappointed. And so whenever I found about logging board game plays, I was pumped and I like did it all the time. I would, I would log every play. I was very excited. This year, I fell out of the habit of it. And the way that it happened was actually a slow death, which is really funny. Basically, <laughs> I stopped logging the plays. And so I was like a few days behind or like maybe like a week behind. And so I just pulled out my notes app and then just wrote down the plays there. Mm -hmm. Then I didn't log them into the app. And eventually I ended up just logging them in my notes. And so I logged them in my notes for about six months and then needed to fill it into the app, but then eventually just stopped doing it in the notes too. And so I just have like a list of the last or like um, from last November to like this May of the of my board game plays and then from may till now i have nothing yeah and it basically became this thing where every time i didn't log a play i was thinking about all the plays i haven't logged yet and it became like a bigger thing that i had to catch up on and basically the idea of starting again is terrifying because i want to have all of the stats and because I would have to be missing a chunk of time or just like, you know, I could theoretically go, like think back and be like, oh, we definitely played, you know, I remember, I remember me and my brother played Mage Knight and I could figure out what, what, when that was, cause that was a, you know, big play. I could do that with a lot yeah. of it, but anyways, it's just, I'm so behind and I hate it. And so this year has ended with me being just tired of being so behind. And so I need to like sit down and then just log plays from the last I was gonna say or there's or there's just the cut and like start, start fresh and i just, hate that idea even more <laughs> really uh see that's For refreshing to me it's just like i'm gonna forget about everything that happened previously not that it didn't happen, but just like <laughs> as if I were starting to track board games anew like for the first time that just sounds like so positive and fun, but for some <laughs> reason I just you know I probably can. I can probably log just significant plays. Just like look through my collection. Like right now I'm doing it. Android Netrunner. I definitely played that like two times with my coworker, three times with like another guy at, at something. Mage Knight I played once. I played Spirit yeah. Island in Canada a few times. I remember that. I haven't played Terra Mystica. I think maybe I did actually at the beginning of the year online. I was going to say. Even so that you just don't have like a black period in your app, like just throwing in some and knowing that exactly. it's sparser than it probably also, actually was. Also, I have all of the plays of Flesh and Blood in official events just on the Flesh and Blood 
um, like tournament app, basically. Oh, that's cool. And so I can look, I have three games yesterday at an event, three games, whatever, you know, then three games then. And then I have this event that was six games. That was when I qualified for nationals. No, this was at nationals. Ah, that was sad. <laughs> the... <laughs> We'll unpack those feelings later. <laughs> it was two drafts, and they just the first draft was fine. The second draft sucked. Mm, a bum draft is just so depressing when it's like it's just not working. It was out the worst it's ever been. It was probably my fault, but it was still the worst. Yeah, you always <laughs> wonder if there's something you could have done, or if it was just destined to be that way. <laughs> but yeah, one thing that's encouraging is all my flesh and blood plays in tournaments are logged already, and I can go and look at yeah. all of them. And then fill in the blanks with the ones that I played outside of tournaments, which was probably more. But anyways, one thing that's interesting about stat tracking for me is I. I definitely don't track every play. Um, it's one of those things that's like if I think about it while we're playing, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll log this. How do you have that happens. loose of a grip on something like this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So... I well, I'm <laughs> I'm not a numbers person anyway, so. <laughs> It's kind of like, ah, uh, this is just kind of like a general like to see. Um, I started doing it more this year because I had a goal of playing through every game in my collection, yeah. which what happened instead of me actually playing through every game in my collection was I just started like if I went to play a game and I was like, oh, I'm just not excited to. I'd just get rid of the game. <laughs> oh, my so, God, that's hilarious. That's perfect. I actually think I did pretty well with my goal, all things considered. Um there's a handful of games that didn't get played because they're hard to play with like a normal number of people. Like they require a high player count right, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Or because I was like, I would gladly play that, but it's one that I could play with my kids. And mm. I want to say like those games are so like few, not, not like so few and far between, but they're limited enough that I'm like, I don't want to play it like here at this game night with adults because I would rather like sit down and play that with my kids. Oh. And um, because it's one thing that I can involve them in. Um, but that actually brings me to, to you ready for some numbers? I'm ready. Um, so the person I played games with the most was my wife, which I'm very happy about. Mm -hmm. um, second was my business partner. And that's about the times I played with my wife doubles the number of times I played with my business partner. And he's a good okay. friend. Um, but then third is my eight-year-old son. Wonderful. And then fourth is my um six-year-old son and then it's my business partner's wife <laughs> comes after that <laughs> which is hilarious we play games i mean obviously it was with him and his wife that we played some of the games <laughs> um but overall like the one the ones that i've tracked in the app which i know the actual number is larger than this but um i had 164 plays Mm -hmm. which I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. The really interesting thing is the number of different games I played was 110. Wow. So there's actually not that many games that I replayed in a year. So it was 164 um, total. Yep. So you and played 54, 54 of the times, which is about a third of the time that you played a game was something else. But two yeah. thirds of the time was a new game. That's crazy. And listen to this. The ones that were my copies were 83 games were my copies. Um, new to me games were 86. I played 86 games that were my wow. first time playing this year. And yeah, pretty crazy. That's um, crazy. 
And if you look at my board game arena stats, <laughs> which I, I went a little crazy this year with board game arena. I was really <laughs> gunning to like become a reviewer for them. Uh-huh. And you need a certain number of plays. I think it's 700 right. something. That's no, it's 500. Um, so it, it like lots. There were several times where I had over 20 turn based games going at a given mm-hmm. time. Um, so I just get on it sometime and like and take, take 20 turns. different turns from oh, all that's different great. Games. I didn't realize it was uh, correspondence. Yeah. Instead of live. That's helpful. Yeah. Maybe so you can do either. So if it's a short game, I'll just pop it on live. But if I want to play it, I can just do a turn based. Um, Maybe I should do that. I don't know. Yeah. Can we please wait? Do you play board game arena? No. Okay. Please get I on. Always start thought a game. That it was always live. And so no. the idea of coming and sitting down to play a game on my computer was just you know not as no it's super fun because when i'm bored instead of sitting down and playing marvel snap or something like that hey I marvel snap is fun <laughs> oh it's super fun i play it a lot me too but i, I think it's there's, more a thing about, there's a thing that we can talk about yeah. in our post show um That's but so i funny. think it's i think it's more valuable to pull a board game arena and like play through like my turns on like four or five different games that are going um yeah, totally. Okay, but numbers. I Uh-oh. I played 763 games. Wow. This year. Oh, 164 on in real life. 763 digitally. Digitally. Which you have to remember, I was introduced to Koi Koi this year. Um Right. That's like really and quick. I played, yeah, I played that 108 times. That's still so, 600. <laughs> Oh Other yeah, <laughs> and do you want to hear my my win loss ratio? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I won two hundred and ninety seven times of those seven hundred and sixty three games. Like 40, 60, 40, 40, 60? Yeah, about. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Not great. I'm not gonna... I mean, considering that a lot of that was Koi Koi, which is a ton of luck. Um, there's some strategy built in there, but sure. there's yeah. also a ton of luck. Also, Can't Stop was my highest. I've played 114 games of Can't Stop, which is also very solid luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, I was. it was fun to see those stats. A little appalling that I played mm-hmm. that many online games this year, but... I mean, when you I factor just, in all of those games across them all, I mean, I'm averaging four to five games a day. <laughs> You're right. Jeez. <laughs> Which That's is so crazy cool. to think about. <laughs> You're averaging about a 40 hour work week of board games. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if they were actual games that I was sitting down and playing mm-hmm. like with people, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's turn based, I can just like hop on, do my turns really quick and yeah, I don't know. I was I was baffled in my numbers because if you had asked me before looking at these numbers, I would have said it's been a really slow year for gaming for me. And I think that's just because I constantly feel like I want to play more games, but I don't have right. the time to play games as much as I want to. Um, but when you actually sit down and look at how often <laughs> I've been playing games, I think <laughs> maybe two or three. Yeah, it's like two or three game. I mean, two or three days in my year probably went by where I didn't pull up like board game arena and play a game with somebody and i've actually 
there's a group on there that's Instagamers. And so they're Instagram influencers that are on mm-hmm. board game arena. And so a lot of those have actually been with people that I know and I've played that's games fun. with at conventions, which is yeah. also opens it up to a whole new level of connection, um, which has been really fun and gratifying, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is there any game... Um, we won't do like game of the year, <laughs> but uh, that's way too much pressure. It um, really is. But just off the top of your head, other than Flesh and Blood, because I know that was a huge part of your year. Flesh is there a game feels that feels like it's like, outside of it, though? You know? Yeah, like, I mean, TCGs. Yeah, TCGs are a completely different animal. Yeah. Um, But is there a game that you're like, yeah, if I look back at my year, this one just jumps jumps to mind? I think that over the year the game that jumps to mind the most is cosmic encounter really because cosmic encounter was a game that i was able to play quite a bit and i don't know the numbers because i obviously don't it was probably something close to like 10 or 12 Mm -hmm. over the year and cosmic encounter is a game that takes like three to four hours typically especially because we're you know not super experienced there's a lot of rules questions a lot of like the set the setup's taking a long time because we're trying to figure out what aliens we want to use whatever anyways so it's a long game but we got to play it so much because there's actually a lot of close friends in my life who really like it and for for me that does a lot of work because i can you know want to play pax pamir a ton and it could be it could be if I got to choose my favorite game of the year where I played it like a lot, but I played Pax Premier like once and it was on my birthday and it was great. And actually I probably played Pax Premier probably twice. But anyways, point is Cosmic Encounter is a game that I can easily get to the table with a lot of people I really care about and like a lot of different people. And so I could probably think of 10 or so people or maybe even more that are already in my life that I can invite to play cosmic encounter and they'd be excited and so cosmic encounter is immediately something that comes to mind as as something that was significant for the year and every time it's very very fun it's just a really i think it's a really really good game and the the hate that cosmic encounter gets to me is really fascinating um and it's a fun game to talk about for a lot of reasons i get that that it's divisive and i get where the appeal like i get what the appeal is and what the disappeal is that's not a word but at the same time i think that i don't know i think that i stand by it so strongly that it's a fantastic game i don't one of my friends um doesn't like it and he always makes fun of me for liking it as as just a joke but he's like anytime i say any opinion i have he's like yeah but you also like cosmic encounter so i don't know if i can really trust you. i hope he's listening because um unfortunately it's like the best game of the year for me because it's just constantly so fun creating memories i get to hang out with a lot of people i care about and i think it's actually brilliant so i'll defend that to my grave also there's a campaign expansion that just came out i haven't gotten to play it but i really want to so that one's it's like still on my radar as a game i want to keep playing a bunch more like it's not like played a lot this year but i'm kind of done with it yeah yeah um have you played the two-player version i have i do like it 
it's feels like a niche two-player game meaning like the appeal is that it's cosmic encounter yeah and it's not the best things about cosmic encounter it's just things about cosmic encounter and so it feels like it's a reference yeah kind of like kind of like why i would want to play like a lord of the rings game with a specific person it's like oh because they Mm. like lord of the rings yeah cosmic encounter on its own isn't doing a lot of work for me especially because there's so many fantastic two-player games of similar weight and then also of more weight and of less weight like there's just so many good two-player games yeah that's fair that's how i feel about cosmic encounter duel also lord of the rings games happen to all be really good (laughs) i actually would play lord of the rings games with a lot of people but that was just the example that came to mind (laughs) that's awesome um Let's see if there's a game that came to mind for me. I'm going to rule out. Board... <laughs> no, it's not. Um, I'm going to rule out board game arena games or games that I play on there because it's just so easy to like churn. It's, through it, yeah, it feels different. Them. And yeah, there's certain games like... that are more appealing on there. And whatnot. Yeah. Um, I would say Rolling Realms is the one that has come up most consistently really? throughout my awesome. year. Have you played it? I have played it one time, and guess what? What it was? It was the first live stream that Jamie did in the pandemic. Oh, really? The very first like live play test with people on. Oh, crazy! On, on live. So the game has changed a lot since then, but yeah, yeah I played it. It was just once, and it's like beta. <laughs> That's the thing, because I feel like it. what it started out as was just kind of this like, oh, yeah, like a dinky little roll and right, like whatever, yeah. not like anything crazy. It's been super fun to see That's it branch cool. out into other games. And yeah, other I, I, I'm looking now and I've seen a couple of them, but there's like a Terra Mystica one. Yeah. A Rolling Realms promo pack. That's really yeah, cool. it's super meta. Meta. That's what it says <laughs> on it. Feast for Odin, um, Ark Nova, Architects of the yeah. West Kingdom. Like there's that's that's such a great thing, yeah. And, and it's I love so... that it makes sense that it like was created to be like, oh, this is a compilation of all of our games as a publisher. But mm-hmm. the the fact that it's it's bled into the rest of the hobby and like just all sorts of great games is so it's actually a wonderful thing if you think yeah. if you think about it. It's just like this like fun little I don't know like board game fans can all appreciate rolling realms probably not all mm-hmm. but but you know like but that's the thing it's been so versatile because mm-hmm. true like uh well like deep board gamers who know all of these games been so fun to pull it out with them and be like it's like playing little mario party mini games of, of all of these games so that you good. love and uh, so it's ahead. great for them to see like those subtle nods to games that are like you know four hour experiences but we're gonna play it in like 10 minutes and, right and it's so um, easy to be like because like for me i'm even thinking about now I'm like maybe i should get rolling realms and then any promo pack that is a game that i care about or like mm-hmm. buying that is just like cute at yeah. the very least it's just cute to have like the terra mystica expansion for this game and that's the thing too like it's it's so simple and it's but 
with the mass of expansions that are out yeah. there now, and I have all of them, like when they're announced, yeah. I buy them without any question of what they are, yeah. how they play. It's just like, no, like I'll absolutely pay $5 to get a little expansion pack that mm. adds another game. So I really enjoyed the Honey Buzz one. It's really challenging and cool. difficult, but the combination, the combination of all of these different mm -hmm. ones, because you play essentially nine different realms right. if you're playing a full game. Uh, you play like nine of the different realms. Just the combinations are crazy. We had one the other day cool. that we were super Good. starved for resources. You just could not get them. And so you were really forced to make tough decisions with your roles because it was just like, I, I don't think I'm going to get the resources to manipulate the dice or do anything tricky here. We're just playing like a straight up roll and assign the numbers. Felt a lot more like Trek 12, if you will. But mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just I've like, played it so many times and it keeps surprising with how the different combinations of the realms mess with each other. Yeah, that, that's really fun. And I think that it's great because if it's a game you play a lot, then like a really bad combination that's like ultimately kind mm -hmm. of dreadful is fun because right. of how it stands in like the host of experiences you've had with the game. It's like, oh, that was terrible. And you like yeah. remember that fondly with the person you played it with. You know? This is a great life lesson. Oh my gosh. Let's go. Good job, Evan. Let's go. <laughs> I love great life lessons. Um, <laughs> bad things don't have to be horrible it adds like it's the contrast in good and bad experiences that add interest and flavor to our lives if we had all just good experiences throughout our lives it would be boring and stagnant even though mm -hmm. it's all good experiences it's the contrast of good and bad experiences that lets us appreciate the good for what it is and the bad even, for what it even is. just like oh. the the looking back on something that was terrible there's a nostalgia that happens not always mm -hmm. this is this is not true for everything you know and right. it, there's a lot of things that are just terrible and there's yeah. no way to simply make light of it and that's not what i'm trying to do but like things yeah. like for instance one this last february so another fun little year recap this last february yeah. was freezing it like in oklahoma and other places there's a huge freeze and it was like zero or negative degrees in like Fahrenheit in our, our area. And that's not crazy for a lot of places, but Oklahoma and Texas, their our infrastructure does not support it. And so it actually like caused a lot of problems and like plumbing everywhere was just getting destroyed. Um, so like that temperature and that much of a freeze in like Minnesota is fine because they're built for it. So mm -hmm. it was actually crazy. But um, the main thing for us, our experience of it was my house doesn't have very much insulation. And so it was freezing inside too. It wasn't like, Yikes. it wasn't like freezing technically, but it was like really, really cold. And you could see your breath inside. So it was oh, terrible. And, but, but my sister came over and she spent the, the night, a couple nights and our housemates all just hung out and we like, were freezing, but we were freezing together. And it was like, this is so <laughs> bad. But like looking back, it's you look back on it with fondness and like in the moment, you're like, this is terrible. But looking back, it's like it was this fun thing that sucked. Yeah, there's something that happens when you look back on something that kind of sucked and it can become this fun thing. I wonder if in the moments that are terrible, you can almost like 
put yourself in your future self's shoes. Yeah. And then go, wait a minute. I'm actually going to like have nostalgia for this. This like dreadful thing. Like even when you think about how you felt in high school when you were in love with a girl who didn't give you. Yeah. I, there's something about like looking back on that. There's still like kind of this fondness for it, you know? Yeah, and I think I can attest to that. We we were my family does this fifty mile hike throughout the Sawtooth Mountains in Idaho, and mm-hmm. it's so much fun. It's like highlight of like we do it like every couple That's of awesome. years. Um, big backpacking trip takes the full week. Yeah. Um, it's you plan a lot for it. Like you have your meals perfectly budgeted out, all of your like trash and like everything is just you know everything that's going on because you don't have access to anything for a week. And so we had prepared a ton for this. We're going in like uh, late July um, and there was just a freak snowstorm right as we got there. It was like weather had been great before. There was like two or three days that it just dumped throughout the mountains in Idaho, just dumped like a foot of snow. And it was just something like we had not planned for. We had packed like swimsuits because there are like glacier lakes that you can actually swim in and stuff. Like we definitely had not planned for snow. And um, so we hiked in, camped the first night, and it was miserable. Like it was this mixture of like rain, snow, sleet. We were all freezing just because the most we had was like a right a light rain jacket to keep like water off of us. Um our the tent that me and my brother were supposed to share was leaking and so we um i got in with my sister and her husband and it's a backpacking trip like these tents are do not have extra space in them because they're the smallest thing possible and so we literally were sandwiched between we were all three of us spooning in this uh tent and I pulled out my phone and I had Ticket to Ride, I think, on my phone <laughs> as an app. And we passed it back and forth playing Ticket to Ride while spooning in this tent, <laughs> freezing cold. Um, as it like s- this nasty like sleet just pounded us all night. And <laughs> and then we hiked out. We hiked back out in the next morning because we were like, if it was that bad and we haven't even gotten up into the mountains, it's just stupid to keep yeah, going. Yeah, it's like even actually unsafe yeah um anyway but at the time i remember thinking several times i hate this so much right now because it's taking away from like this week long experience that we usually have and i was like but i think someday we'll all like talk about it and laugh and because everybody had that yeah and because the everybody had that time off Mm -hmm. we just um Mm -hmm. i remember i uh, my sister came back to our house and for a couple days we just like played games and stuff because we had planned to be gone and we didn't have any obligations and there were some really cool things that came out of it but I do feel like in that moment I was like I understand the pain that I am experiencing right now but I do think we'll talk about this forever yeah that that is awesome um I do want to give the additional like re-disclaimer some things are way harder to redeem. You can't just have this like whimsical, like, oh, but it's actually awesome about everything. And and right. I don't expect anyone to. So if, if you're if you're in hearing this and kind of like, no, that's not as simple as it is, yes, you're right. And and 
there's things for me that I, you know, hardships in my life that I don't have an answer to, or like, a, yeah. this is great though, because we're going to look back on Like there's some really hard things. And so I don't, you know, we're talking about the level of discomfort, like yeah. you got a flat tire and you were inconvenienced and it eventually yeah, which, which it was are, like a funny experience, but which those things true are trauma really out easy there. to have a really bad attitude about. And it's, yeah. it's also really easy to end up like, you know, learning to maybe lighten up about and just find the, 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 the joy in it. I don't know, but there are a lot of things that are not like that and that's okay. Yeah. Don't, don't feel like well, you have to make those okay <laughs> because there is true trauma out there that true is just trauma. garbage. And Anyhow, just garbage. Um, do you want to talk about our upcoming year and what our goals are? for Yeah. This year? And we'll probably, um, I know I have to get to yeah, work end there. soon, so we'll probably get rid of the post show. I mean, we've covered a lot of random post show topics anyway, so that's probably fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do love the post show though. <laughs> um, I'm I so if we look at goals for this coming year, I mean, this podcast is on the list. I honestly yeah. like <laughs> this is purely like hobby and just uh I would say this is in the interest of maintaining a relationship with Evan <laughs> that we even do this. I agree. Um, it's fun to talk about board game board games. It's fun to geek out about it, but honestly, at the end of the day, it's, it's more a function of we've built a friendship and I would hate to see that go away. Cause if we stop this podcast, I don't know that we would continue really catching up with each other. So definitely not as much. <laughs> yeah. So that's on the list. I want to be a little bit more consistent and um, with stuff like that. I is a really quick like I talked about my goal from last year to play through my entire collection. I don't think it was a healthy goal to have. Um, mm. It's nice to have something to stretch you into like games that you wouldn't normally pick up and kind of rekindle that love for them. But I mean, games at the end of the day are um, they should be a positive experience a way to bring people together and a way to like relax and uh yeah. spend time it's i mean for me at least it's a, a large part of it is escapism i get to just put away the world for a minute and mm -hmm. think about something else and the pressure of like having to get to certain games um i think there were some good things that came of it but i just don't think it i think important put more pressure on games than they need to have at the end of the day totally so um as far as goals go like i don't know i think i think more arbitrary goals are more like loose goals like i want to play more games with my kids um mm, that's a great goal my my oldest is he's really getting into this phase where he can he can read well enough now that i'm like okay if he can read there's a whole wealth of games yeah. that Oh, I yeah. can introduce him to and this I don't understand have a lot of yeah games. and so I don't have I don't have near as many excuses for like oh yeah you can't play this game mm -hmm. now it's more of an excuse of how do I carve out the time to make sure that I'm patient <laughs> enough to walk him through the games because while he catches on to them very fast sometimes the initial explaining to the point where he does catch on um 
it can be painful and um, sometimes devolve into a negative experience. So I think it's more of a goal of I want to be patient and uh, prioritize that time to get him um, to like foster his love of board games because we're to this phase where it's kind of contingent on me. Um, I know he loves board games and I know he could deepen that love, but he can't on his own. Yeah. And so it's really up to me to create uh, a good space for him to really start to enjoy them more. That's awesome. I love that. I'm a big supporter of that goal. My main goal that comes to mind is, so we already talked about it a little bit, but I, I want to get better at flesh and blood. And I want I want to see more results. Results obviously is fun. And then beyond results, just continue to, I don't know, I, the, the more that I got to play Flesh and Blood this year, the more, a lot of my relationships with the people I played with have grown a lot. And I, the other, the other day, like probably a few weeks ago, I was dropping off, I had made a trade with someone and I was dropping off the card for them mm-hmm. um, at the game store. And it was the same night that, that the, that the tournament was happening, like the weekly event. I wasn't able to play in it though. And so I, I, but I still dropped it off, but then I ended up staying for like an hour and a half or two hours just with the people and just watching the games and talking with them. Cause they're all a bunch of people that I really do enjoy and really are, I'm so grateful to have in my life. And they're just my, you know, my flesh and blood friends, but they're, they have become more or less just my friends. Um, Yeah. And so I think that I want to, to just keep on going with that and yes, get better, but also the times I've gotten to travel with my friends this last year was really cool and really fun. Just really great trips. And some of my relationships with those people, again, like are really grown a lot. Also, I learned Go this month. Oh. And I became obsessed immediately, which is something I was afraid would happen. But um, I didn't expect it to happen immediately basically but um i loved it and so i ended up getting a board or like a set like a really nice set for christmas um and so i just got that five days ago i'm very excited i've gotten to use it a couple times already and i'm getting a couple of my friends into it as well and um that's been really fun so far but i really there's so much that you can improve in that game it's insane and so yeah part of I already just want to like get better at go and that's something that's not going to be resolved by the end of this year there's no way unless I like spent 90 hours a week on it and then even then I still wouldn't which is insane to think about actually yeah (laughs) how much there is to to master but I would love to to be better at that game it's so fun and it's so satisfying to learn and and a lot of it ends up being study which is really different from most board game like stuff like most people aren't studying how to be better at a board game they'll do it with like a specific competitive game but like go as an example for a lot of history like people studied go like that's that's crazy yeah. right? so joining in with um the thousands of years of history of people being obsessed with understanding how to play go is exciting for me huh it's funny i <laughs> I feel like our board gaming interest trajectories are heading in completely different directions, which is completely cool and fine. Um, 
but it's like I've always had this aversion to games that I call them career games and it's oh yeah yeah like lifestyle games yeah like chess go things that it's like yeah you can play this 500 times in your life and still be considered like a novice (laughs) and I'm like that's I mean you could tell from my board game statistics I love a new game um a lot more which maybe that should be one of my goals is to find a love for like diving deep into a single game um you can do both i know you can do both (laughs) i just i have this like sometime and see if 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 something clicks maybe i've played it before um but i also i don't know the the deep strategy thinky games um also ones that aren't attached to a theme i'm starting to realize that what i one of the things i love most about board games is the um the story the narrative that goes on in them that no that totally makes sense abstract games are a specific appeal i think um yeah and for me i don't particularly love abstract games like it's not i I just really do enjoy them because for me i've always preferred really great mechanics in general and so i can play something like go and be fully satisfied um thank you everyone for joining we really appreciate you we do see like when people download an episode and listen to it and it's just it's fun to think that there are people out there that uh, share this hobby with us so thank you for liking board games and thank you for taking the time (laughs) yeah we appreciate you hanging out and we hope you have a good one do we have a thing that we say at the end of the episodes i don't remember um i think there's just like a I don't know. I, I want to eventually record you like singing us a theme song. Like, okay, got it. Evan, this has been the better board games podcaster. I don't know. Something you like could, that. you just did it. <laughs> Put that at the end don't of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to leave that in for whatever. I hope so. <laughs> awesome.